Georgia lawyers Bob and Irreverent D talk law. Listen up for stories about how things really happen in our legal system. Who are these guys? Dwayne Singleton, Irreverent D, is a criminal defense attorney in the state of Georgia. Benjamin O. Benson, a.k.a. Bob, is a personal injury attorney in Atlanta. Today, the boys are once again joined by attorney Adam Yonker. Now, sit back and take a listen as Bob and Irreverent D talk law. Hold up. You got some fuzz. The fuzz is on your back. <laughs> the fuzz. The fuzz. Hey, have you ever done that where, um, where you're taking the deposition of a plaintiff? And they're like, uh, I don't know the name of the doctor. And they open up their phone and they start looking at it. And you're like, you know, can I, once you hand over that phone, I need to, um, I need to inspect oh, it. Oh God. You could theoretically do it. I think you could, but man, I would, I'd walk, if it were me being deposed, I'd just walk on a deposition. I had a warrant application hearing this week. <laughs> the, uh, the guy comes there and says, I got my evidence on my phone. I'm going to Better get it off. I said, <laughs> no, you don't. I said, judge, if he wants to put that into evidence, he's more than happy to do that. I just want to make sure that phone stays in evidence. He's like, y'all going to keep my phone? <laughs> yep. You ready, Steve? I'm rolling. All right. Welcome to the Bob. And we've been rolling this whole time. I love it. Welcome to the Bob and Irreverent D Talk Law Podcast. I am Benjamin O. Benson, a.k.a. Bob. And this is Irreverent D from the Dwayne Singleton. The D stands for Dwayne the Singleton Trial Lawyers Group. And we're joined again. It's been so long. Adam by Yonkers. By popular demand. Back by popular demand. Adam Yonkers is here. Adam, tell us about uh, briefly about your practice. Uh, same as last time. I did criminal defense for 10 years. Uh, I've done civil defense for the past five years after I left criminal defense. Uh, I've been practicing law for, uh, as far as I'm convinced, I was put on this earth to do one thing and one thing only, and that was try cases and I love it and let me just say when Adam was in Spalding County he <laughs> used to give them absolute hell what does that mean I mean he would run around the courtroom like a wild freaking Indian man I mean he gave them <laughs> hell pissed judges off it was great the first day I got there doing these preliminary hearings there was a line of like 14 officers waiting to testify and uh, they were, the judge just binds everything over to preliminary hearings, so nobody even fought anymore. Um, and I showed up there, and I didn't know the rules, so I started fighting. And uh, all the cops were just, like, staring at me, just, what's going on? I was like, I'm not playing this game. I loved it. it I miss Griffin. It was something. It was fun. <laughs> I'm surprised in the length of time that it's been since we've had you on the show that you haven't, like, done what other attorneys are and diversify and pick up like a whole nother area of practice between the, between then and now. You're still just doing insurance defense stuff? I got to stay inside a courtroom and I can't do family law because they are, uh, that's that's an emotionally draining field. So I stay places where I can, I can go, I call it the show. I go, I go places where I can put on the show. And insurance defense and criminal defense are the two easiest places to go to trial. And, and family law is not your typical trial unless you take it to a jury trial. That's it's really, really uncommon, like, isn't it? It's really like advanced mediation. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of the <laughs> few attorneys that will still take a case to jury trial on a, on a divorce, and other lawyers hate me for I it. I bet they do. Yes, they hate it. 
Most people don't want to go to trial. No. We're the we're the exceptions to the rule. Why did we go to law school? We didn't go to mediation school. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I want if I want to be in a room drafting documents, I could do it for much better pay than this. <laughs> I'm out. I want the applause, baby. I want the spotlight. Let's get into the news. Well, today we're co- talking again. It's been a, a little while since we've talked about the Young Thug trial. And it is the it is energizer ongoing. Energizer bunny of trials. It just keeps going. It's yes. going. going. Uh, so they've uh, Dwayne, tell us about what's happening in the Young Thug trial. The, it, it's still apparently going on. Yes. So we're we're really at this point. We haven't real. We're really just getting into the murder, which Young Thug had absolutely no hand in whatsoever. So we're hearing evidence from the officer that made the initial arrest, from investigators on the scene, from the 911 operator. So we're really kind of putting their their best case forward, which is the murder case, which in a RICO action, you get to try everything, you know, like like he did it, right? So they're trying this murder case like he did it, even though he's not the trigger man. We know he's not the trigger man. We know he's not the one that did it. We don't really have anything that connects him to the Trigger Man over than, you know, a bunch of song lyrics and some friendships back in the day. So, the I have a question about that. Yes. They say that this trial is going to take months and months and months and months. Yes, and it is. Can't they just make it shorter? Yeah, if it wasn't a RICO case. So, each Each defendant we have to put them up on the stand and we got a direct examination by the prosecutor. So she goes out and lays out everything that she needs. And then we've got six defense attorneys that get to come up there and cross-examine each one of them over and over and over and over and over. I mean, they're getting through like one witness a day. Whereas in some cases you can get, you know, five or six witnesses done in a day. And there, one of the witnesses took like three days. So what I mean, kind of like what kind of witness would take three days? Like what would you possibly know? When you're talking about like the, the crime scene examiner, when you talk about them and what they did on the crime scene and where they went around, when you talk about the medical examiner and all that kind of stuff, you know, when you talk about looking at the forensic evidence in these cases, I mean, there's a lot of intrinsic things that have to happen, a lot of protocol that's supposed to be done to make sure this evidence. You know, it's correct, and that each each lawyer is treating it like it's their case. Now, Adam, you've been involved in trials like this where there are multiple and multiple defendants, and you're representing one of one of the defendants. Like what, like what would you do in those circumstances? You you had a RICO case in Spalding one time, right? I'm not sure. One of the 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 counties in that circuit, and it was back when I was doing the public sector, when I was doing public defense, and it was. I, I'm convinced that what happened was one of the years the prosecutors they all go down to like Jekyll Island or St. Simon and they have this big prosecuting attorneys council conference and I'm convinced that whoever the guest speaker was was talking about RICO because they all came back well tanned and and making RICO cases on everything and this is the way to get a lot of people quickly <laughs> and, and it was it was a gas station it, they they had charged with commercial gambling because people this go is your in case you're talking yeah, about. yeah. Okay. they would go in they would play these machines and then they'd go to the uh, they go to the front desk with their coupons or whatever and they'd get paid actual cash which is against the law in Georgia 
Because uh, you're not supposed to gamble. Yeah. Unless not, it's the lottery. Yeah, the state can it's gamble. the devil. The people cannot gamble. The right. state can gamble. Yeah. The sovereign is welcome to gamble, and he will. But the people, it is verboten. Um, it's a good word. I'm gonna put that on my refrigerator. So I was, uh, so I was a public defender. So I was, I was representing the poor, poor, the indigent people of the case, not the gas station owner. And they charged like every high school kid that worked at this gas station with a violation of RICO. Because they're there, right? Because they, they were. I mean, they're they part of the entire enterprise. They paid. I mean, they paid. They did what their boss told them. Someone came with a coupon. You give them twenty bucks. Right? Boom. You furthered the conspiracy of commercial gambling. And it was just like the worst thing in the world. So we had these low guys, and we were just trying to plead them out and get them out of this thing. But it is a massive consumption of resources, and it uses the, the hammer threat of a RICO conviction. RICO convictions are, are not treated well by the Pardons and Parole Board. They're not treated well. Uh, by sentencing, like it's it's bad news to get popped with a RICO charge. Unpack what you mean by that. Like when when you get hit by a RICO charge and it's not like sentencing is, is bad. Like what does that mean exactly? Well, so if you if you go to trial and lose, it's generally accepted in most jurisdictions in the state of Georgia. You will receive a harsher sentence than you would have if you had negotiated a plea. And so, and yeah, we, I read a, a really interesting article by our our mutual um, person that we respect, Alan Dershowitz, uh, about that very thing that like that has to change in the system. Yeah, there's a trial fee, right? Yep. If you go to trial, you get more than you know than you're going to get if you take a plea. And in a lot of counties, we call them hanging judges. Like you get the max if you go to trial. Period. End you of story. You go to trial and get convicted. Yeah. yeah, you go to trial and get convicted, you're getting the max, there's no, no discretion. Okay, so Adam, if you get convicted and there's a RICO charge, is that, are, are the sentencing guidelines or the sentencing, is it somehow bigger? I, I think so, and it's, it's hard for me to recall specifically, and I haven't done criminal defense in five years, so I don't know the current state of it, but my recollection of it when I advised my clients in the, the great RICO wave post-prosecuting attorney conference was uh, that it that it was that we wanted to get the, we want to get the hell out of Rico if we could right so I mean you've got this grid sheet once you're sentenced about when you're going to parole and so each one of the offenses have a higher standard for when you're going to be eligible for parole so the more charges you stack on there and the more severe those charges are means the longer you're going to have to actually spend on your sentence. And, and keep in mind, if you were, if the conspiracy was to like murder someone, then murder's the worst charge. Right. Right. You don't give, I'll plead guilty to the RICO if I can avoid the murder. Right. But for something like commercial gambling, that is all the way down at the bottom. Right. You will parole out within like 24 hours of being. Right. Normally you get to Jackson, you get out. Yeah. Right? Georgia yeah. pardons and parole's like, you got to be kidding me. We will send you home. <laughs> But if you throw a bunch of RICO stuff on there, and you, yeah. it's going to be a lot longer. Complicates it, makes it longer. So uh, that, I, that's the other part I wanted to ask you all about is, well, if the big thing in this Mr. Thug trial <laughs> is that they want to paint Mr. Thug as having participated in this murder. Jeffrey Williams. He's a fine young man. <laughs> Williams, a, a, this is a businessman doing business. Right. I was just using his, uh, you know, go by. He is pulling so, his community up out of the trenches. Look, I'm not going to argue with that. He's made millions of dollars in his craft. I respect him a lot. But what is he facing? I didn't make $10 million by the time I was 28. 
Yeah, I did. Right, you know, okay. <laughs> I forgot what question I was asking. The you were, the Rico thing. Yeah. Right? Oh, no, yeah. Sorry. That's what I was going to ask. Is well, okay. So th what the prosecution was <coughs> painting this is there was this murder. Right. Right. And they uh, they want to associate Mr. Thug as part of that murder, even though, as you say, he didn't like pull the trigger. He didn't pull. He didn't tap the person who pulled the trigger. There's just this association. It when I took criminal law in law school, they had a. A label for that that's just conspiracy like why are they not trying him just under conspiracy rather than this big this Rico thing because the Rico is easier to prove huh. and you can put all these cases together right all we got to show is line some, them all up and shoot all them. we got to show is some basic association like I've seen Rico cases where they've tried to prosecute where literally kids are going and they're wearing like a red shirt and they're like, they're, oh, they're in a gang. They're bloods. Yeah. Red. I'm like, that's not even a blood symbol. That's peace, man. You know. They don't but know what he, that is. But he's friends on the Facebook with them. You know. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. You know. And then they bring in experts. And I think in in the Jeffrey Williams case, they're going to bring in five experts, gang experts, and they're all from this the Fulton County. You yeah. know. They're, they're, all, about, they, they're all the same guy. They all talk to each other. They've all been in the same school, same classes. They're all going to say the exact same thing. We're not bringing in an expert from, you know, California or Harvard. You know, we're just... Yeah. Uh, the, uh, now, uh, let's wind up with this. Like, what exactly is he facing if he gets convicted? Like, what? Like, it would be Rico... That would, he, basically, he would get pinned with this murder. Uh, and the Rico is the glue that would pin him to it. Yep. So he could he he could go away for murder. I mean, he'd go away for life. I think. Yeah. Well, well, thanks for joining the Bob and Irreverend D on that <laughs> on that wonderful note. <laughs> on that wonderful. He'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Free Jeffrey Williams. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining the Bob and Irreverend D Talk Law Podcast. Uh, please make sure that you subscribe. We have thousands of subscribers you want to be among the winners that subscribe to our channel so subscribe his sweat his sweater that he wore mr thug the second day or something sold out nationwide no -uh. yes it did he just needs to stay on trial like he just needs to wear his clothes to trial every yeah. day and maybe he'll make enough to pay brian <laughs> like, <laughs> brian probably taking less for the exposure oh yeah well, you know, everybody's been saying Brian's getting $2 million, but that comes out of a Young Thug song <laughs> that says, pay my lawyer $2 million to keep me out of jail. Actual actual amount undisclosed. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. Boy, if he was raising it up, Brian probably would change his <laughs> So I hear I'm getting two this time. <laughs> There's a new song out. <laughs> Good to see you again. <laughs> had to charge you four. Add that to your lyrics. <laughs> That's right. All right, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time when Bob and Irreverent D talk law.